you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. Okay, and welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you can be listening to. Today is Money in the Bank Day. Oh, that's right. Very exciting. And uh, we'll be doing a live stream of that. Roll Join reaction live stream. You won't be streaming National Money in the Bank. That's illegal. We talked about this, man. We're trying to grow the channel. Can we just show the pay-per-view? No, because that could be the end of Going In Raw channel. Woo-hoo. All Twitch right, streaming. Yeah, finally, my dream of becoming a barista comes true. <laughs> Why should I just go out and buy the coffee and I can make it myself? Our live reactions happening today. Money in the bank. Witness us sitting there not doing a whole lot. Sucking down Red Bull. I crushed this can for some reason. Could I crush it? Anyways, you know who else crushes it, Larson? Our Matt Chatters. Hell yeah. This is my favorite show. We get to kick back, watch a bunch of videos of our friendos, and uh, have them, uh, we task them. With uh, sending us questions and yes. debate topics. Yes. So we're going to get right into it. We are. With Philly Flexer. Oh, with a hell of a shirt, too. Great wearing shirt. A shirt you can find at prowrestlingtees.com slash going in raw. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. This is your boy Philly Flexer here with my match chat question of the week. And, um, well, it's not really well, us all like this. I feel like the WWE Universe, we're kind of going into watching Raw and SmackDown with a negative view. Um, between everything that's going on behind the scenes and the practices of the company and the stuff like that, it kind of feel like us like a stank is coming up on the company. Kind of like how Impact was when we was hearing about their business practices and not paying people and stuff like that. But with all that being said, I feel like that's what people are going into the shows and they're not trying to enjoy them anymore just because they know all the negative stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And so my question to y'all is, or the debate I have for y'all is, are WWE fans going into the shows just not really caring in the first place? They're just watching it just to watch it, just to see what crap they're going to put out. When instead they should be going into the show trying to enjoy it. I don't know. Y'all got to tell me. Also, Larson, this is my favorite shirt. Peace out, guys. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank you, Philly Flexer. What a hell of a shirt. Good-looking shirt. Fantastic shirt. Great shirt. You can get yours today. ProWrestlingTees.com slash going and wrong. I don't know, man. I don't know how many people care necessarily about. We're we're in a bit of a bubble. We're in an interesting situation. Our friendo community, by and large, and I think this can be said about a lot of. I would imagine it might be the same with Wrestle Talk, Cultaholic. I don't know. I think you know people tend to gravitate towards media that might reflect their views. Uh, we have a certain viewpoint. We try to be positive, but we're critical when we need to be. Uh, I, I just think that the majority of the people, the all, two million, sometimes a little bit less than two million people watching, I think they tune in because they want to tune in. I have a hard time believing somebody's going to flip on Raw going into it for three hours, knowing that, man, this is going to be a crap show. I, I'm, I don't really want to watch this, but I'm going to because they have to be completionists. Or they have to keep up with it, or they want to, to to hate on it. They're watching it to hate it. They hate watch it. 
I don't, I just don't think that it's a large percentage of people. I, I think that some do. I just don't think if you, if you were to show me a pie graph and it said 2 million people watching raw, what percentage of this? I can't believe it'd be over 10% going into it with a negative viewpoint, but I don't know. What do you think? Um, I can speak from my own personal experience of late because as you watch our raw recap, you can tell I wasn't in the mood for talking about wrestling, talking about raw. You're also tired. You had a long trip. That may be the case, but you know you, you can't take people the circumstances of people's lives out of the equation when it comes to how they consume and what they consume in terms of their televised entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. I'm in a different position than most people because based on what I do for a living, this, I have to watch WWE's product. Mm-hmm. If I don't watch WWE's product, uh, they're our main... Uh, 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 it's the most consumed wrestling product in the world. Therefore, if we don't cover it, uh, we're not catering to the largest possible audience. Therefore, we don't make money. Therefore, we can't do this for a living. Anyways, um, there is, and I can understand if, if I take myself out of my position, whereas I have to watch this. I cannot not watch Raw. You would have been one of the people who might have been in the 3 million people who used to watch it, but do not watch it any longer. Potentially. But the people tuning in right now. Here's the thing. My attitude, my attitude going into every episode of Raw especially is... Based on what we've seen the last, I don't know, three months at least, where the seemingly the quality of the show at best uneven, certain weeks pretty darn lousy, I go into every episode thinking to myself, ugh. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to, I, I'm going into the show thinking, oh, this is going to be garbage, I can't wait to talk crap about it. It's, uh, based on what we've seen of late, my expectations are not high. Uh, I have to sit here for three hours and watch this, mm-hmm. knowing there's a, a pretty good chance that I, it won't meet my expectations. But I never walk into my living room, sit on my couch to turn on Raw, uh, wanting to see a terrible product in front of me. Yeah, I sit there hoping, saying, gosh, please don't open up another talking segment followed by a, a put-together tag match. I think they did that this week. They've done the last like three or four episodes of Raw. Yeah. Please don't start the show that way. Yeah. Give me a reason to be excited about watching Raw from the very beginning of the show. Problem is, seemingly most of the time, they don't do that. And when they don't start the show off on a quality foot, it just brings the proceedings down. There's nothing about Raw on a consistent basis that sucks you in and makes you want to sit there for the full duration of the show. Not to say there's not good stuff that happens during the course of the Raw. There's always good things that happen in the course of any of WWE's televised products. It'd be a good match, good segment, good promo, maybe several of them. But it's, 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 it's very rare that they sustained a certain level of energy or consistency across an entire uh, episode of Raw. And I know it's tough. They got to write three hours of television every week just for Raw, another two for SmackDown, and so on for all their other productions. I know it's incredibly difficult to do. Um, and I don't necessarily blame creative for whatever failings are happening, especially knowing that Vince is a bit of a madman and, and he'll change anything on a whim without thinking through how it's going to affect anything else. Um, so, I mean, I, I can only speak from my perspective, and I can understand people it, 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 People would get jaded watching, uh, in their estimation, underwhelming wrestling, and yet wa- going into it every week, hoping this is the week they turn things around, only to find, eh, not really. I think, I, I don't know, man. I think that, I mean, yeah, I can only speak from my perspective. I, I, I would probably give it a shot every week. Hoping that it's going to be good. I'll probably, I'd probably be one of the people who would like, you know, when there was a big third hour drop off, I'd probably be that guy because at a certain point you just sort of tap out. But the fact that, you know, I mean, this week it was at two point, it was almost at 2.1 million in the third hour. Um, 
that means there's still 2.1 million people who are sticking through this thing the entire time. You got to figure that though a, a large part of those people are not going into the show thinking, oh boy, it's going to be crap. I mean, look, let, let's be honest. We have to pay close attention mm-hmm. to everything that goes on in wrestling. And we have to watch all the shows on the WWE Network. We try to keep up with New Japan. We've got a lot of stuff going on. We are not um, indicative of the no. pro wrestling no, general all. audience. A lot not of these all. people, it's just, man, I just had a, 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 you know, a long day at work. I'm going to come home and just zone my, check my brain. Honestly, when you check your brain for wrestling, there's not a there's not a lot not to like, you know. It's like the the, the 2 million people who watch Raw. I mean, how many of those people really give a crap that they were that War Machine was War Machine, which is a way cooler name. How many of those people really care? They probably was like, "Wait a second, weren't they just the Viking experience? Oh, these guys look pretty cool." I don't really think the vast majority I think that the our friendos our people, the people that watch the show, that watch our show, that's a select group of people who have a real hot passion about wrestling. And in that group, maybe, yeah, they go and do it watching, you know, with a with an automatically negative attitude because of various things. Saudi Arabia, you know, how they handle various social issues within the context of their of their own house. Um, and, of course, you know, we all appreciate really good wrestling like NXT. I think the vast majority of people go there either to the live shows or tune in because they think it's fun. You don't really have to think about it too much. It might be cheesy. It might be corny. It might not be great. Man, I wish the Attitude Era was around still. Whatever their thoughts are, I think they go into it probably with just, a you know, any the same attitude you approach any other form of media uh, with just, hey, this is interesting to me. I'm going to check it out. That's my take. All right. Next, Next up, Cult of False Cult Realities. Cult of False Realities. I was just about to say, uh, take it away, Cult of False Realities. What's up, guys? Cult of False Realities here. Back with another Matt Check question. And this one is probably going to be somewhat of a downer. Uh, my question is actually about Vince and some of the behaviors of superstars that's been going around for a while. And, um, you know, Vince, he seems like someone that, you know, he may not like controversial stuff you know coming from his talent but he kind of pushes you know a lot of people that do that and we've been seeing that a lot with Lars but we even seen it with Hulk and even people back in the day so my question is do you think Vince is like stuck in his own ways and doesn't really see a problem with it personally but when it goes to a financial state he has to like put something out you know, we've seen so much stuff, you know, even with the whole Kofi thing, I feel like he probably even want him to have him as a champion and, you know, even just having the rock as a champion, he was probably just like, oh, he's somewhat black. We can just put him out there. But all the stuff with Lars and, you know, seeing him bring Hulk back is, do you think He's just stuck in these old ways of thinking. I don't know. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Colt, the false realities. <laughs> there's one thing Vince cares about. And there's really only one thing Vince cares about. Let me take a guess. Money. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, did, what did Melster call him recently? A man of no morals or something like that? It's so matter of fact. Yeah, he pretty much says he's, he's, he's a man completely lacking a moral fiber. I yeah. don't know Vince. I don't know how true that is. 
Um, the evidence I've seen before me is that he only cares about one thing, making money. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, though. If his company was, it was like it is now, not threatened at all of going out of business, but there was another business out there that was three times his size, mm-hmm. would that bug him? You mean another wrestling company? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he cares about money, but he also cares about validation. Stroke. I think. He cares about being... Being top. Being yeah, top. Yeah, and like that... I haven't read the whole variety thing yet, but the way you're talking about it, that puff piece uh, elevating him to near deity status in the world of wrestling. My God, and those ridiculous pictures of him. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. that? I think, yeah, Vince, Vince does what he does on a day-to-day basis to make himself money. But yeah. yes, he does care about... Uh, having influence, he does care about being uh, being uh, highly esteemed. Then they'll be all in wrestling. I'm sure those things are all very important to him. Yeah, uh, but more than anything else, uh, if 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 talent backstage or you know on social media behave a certain way, and uh, you know we may not agree with it, so long as it doesn't cost Vince a dime, I think for the most part he really. He'll, he'll turn a blind eye to it. If it comes to the point where sponsors are going to pull out because someone's doing something or, or, or something along those lines, then he'll pay attention to it. I think we live in a time where actions more and more have consequences. And you can't have the kind of culture in the locker room, in the business, that you had 20, 30, 40 years ago. You can't. Like, it's not. Nobody's going to put up with that shit anymore. They're just not. Mm-mm. Vince McMahon lives... In his head, which is in a world where 40 years ago, that behavior is totally fine. Shouldn't be. Yeah, it's not cool now, though. Shouldn't be. No. It's not cool now, though, and he probably doesn't understand why it's not cool anymore. But uh, he uh, reacts (laughs) to people complaining about the the company whenever it missteps um, or individuals misstep. He he, Okay, well, what what is going to get rid of them complaining about this? And then he does whatever that is. Well, yeah. fine, Lars, $100,000. Okay, that's fine. Um, well, just look at the, the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal thing. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. They named this Battle Royal after Fabulous Moolah, who Vince apparently liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a backlash that happened. They seemingly didn't care about it nope. until the sponsor threatened to pull money out. Yep. And that's when they changed the name. Yeah. If there's money on the line, Vince will react. Otherwise, he'll just push on through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, next up, Loki from the Freak Legion. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. Loki Richard here with this week's Match Chat question. So tonight, us nerds have to decide whether or not we want to watch Game of Thrones or Money of the Bay. Do you think WWE is aware of the fact that they scheduled this pay-per-view on one of the most uh, anticipated nights in uh, HBO? Uh, do you think that's why they uh, changed uh, Backlash to Money in the Bank to try to increase the buy rate? Have fun with the debate. See you soon. Thank you, Loki. You think Vince McMahon knows what Game of Thrones is? No, not at all. No. Do you think nope. Vince McMahon thinks WWE is more important than Game of Thrones? Absolutely. Than, okay. So Absolutely. I yeah, I, I agree with you there. I don't think the WWE should have rescheduled anything. I don't think any. I think that it's a completely separate form of entertainment. Yes, there is crossover. Game of Thrones is a is a big deal. It's event television. That's it's event very television. rare these days, especially this final season, especially the finale. I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the finale. I'm going to go home after our recap and watch it with my wife. Um, But uh, no, I think that I, I don't even think for a second that look, the WWE has to deal with things like, I mean, the, the only thing I think the WWE 
would ever, I think there's two things. WWE would not schedule, one of them would never be on a Sunday. The Super Bowl. It's the only thing WWE would never schedule a pay-per-view against. The Super Bowl. Maybe going forward to presidential debate. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, they can't because even... Because they con- changed the entire card based on... on uh, that was on a Sunday. Yeah. That was on a Sunday. Because we went to No Mercy here, and they had what was going to be the main event open the show for fear that uh, viewers would flock their wrestling event to go watch a, a, a presidential debate. Mm-hmm. And even, yeah, I mean, if with enough foresight, I mean, I don't know how how long in advance the presidential debates are scheduled for yeah, I versus... Either. I don't know either. I would, I would assume pay-per-views are scheduled further in advance. I would think so. I don't know. What I would think so. Um, so no, I, I think it's it's the Super Bowl for for yeah. I think it's like the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's and then, the only event they'll avoid. Yeah, on an annual basis. Yes. Yeah, totally. but they're not gonna totally. I but would, yeah, and if they reschedule for the following weekend, that's double or nothing weekend. Granted, it's not the same day, but I'm guessing they don't want to. I think if anything, if, if they put on Money in the Bank, sorry, they put on if if Double or Nothing, if they reschedule Money in the Bank to follow Double or Nothing, and Double or Nothing is fantastic, show of the year contender, and they trot out another B level WWE pay per view, they're gonna get crapped on, crapped on. They're already crapped on. But you're gonna see right there, and from one day to the next, you have your competition all elite, which is put on a marvelous show. Doesn't have marquee names though. Um, and WWE Excuse has me. marquee names. You know, Chris Jericho. The more I think about it, name. they need to put that first title on Kenny Omega. They really they very do. well might. They should. They really should. Or Chris Jericho. Maybe. No, Pac's getting it. It's got to be Kenny. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. Pac, put it on Pac. Anyways, I uh, think I think if anything else, WWE would would consider bef- before they would ever consider moving it for Game of Thrones or some other non wrestling thing. They might try to move it again. Vince could be so. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, he might try to program has, against double or nothing. He'd have crazy thoughts like, "Well, let's just have money in the bank going against double or nothing." Yeah. No one's gonna watch those pissing wrestlers and their pissing at company. <laughs> Actually, Vince, they will. And then double or nothing happens. This marvelous, fantastic, best show of all time. And Vince is there. I really appreciate your crow. I, I love that you have gone. Not just all in, but cartoonishly all in. It's kind of a gimmick now. I know. It's amazing. Because people get so upset about it in the comments. Oh, I'm tired of Larson talking about Ollie. Oh, oh. it's going to be the best. <laughs> Can it, but, but you won't wear the shirt. I don't, like the, I don't like the logo very much. I know. It's so That's a superficial thing. If the wrestling's good. The presentation's good. Oh, man. Just wait till you do reviews. What if they're gonna? What are they gonna? Are, is it gonna be amazing or what? Or yeah, no? Man. Is it gonna be cheesy? Is, are they gonna have mics? One would hope. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Giona Lili, number one. Let's see what he has to say. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Giona Halili, bright and early here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, my match at question for this week is jump the shark moments. What was a jump the shark moment in wrestling that made you go, uh, like you had to force yourself to keep watching in a way, um, Steve, you've got WWE Larson, you've got WCW. Let me know your thoughts. Um, how do we keep pushing forward with this crap Monday night raw? That's not a match at question. I just... I'm just vocalizing my frustration. All right. Peace out, friendos. Thank you, Guillaume. Uh, You go first. I mean, there's any number of jump the shark moments for WWE. I mean, the entire women's division from like 2005 to 2014, for one thing. Um, I'm going to go with this, though. The first time I watched WWE... And I was like, oh, I don't know if I even want to watch anymore. And I think I kept on watching because what else am I going to do? But like it was on, it was the invasion angle. I was like, what? Sean O'Hare? Mark Jindrak? What is that crap? Where's Big Papa Pump? And I knew, I mean, even back then we were reading scoops. We knew what the deal was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they kicked things off basically with Mania 17 uh, at the end of that, Stone Cold going heel and shaking Vincent Rand's hand. And I, I remember thinking to myself at the time, I can't think of a weaker thing you could have ever done to Stone Cold than to have him shake McMahon's hand mm-hmm. and ally himself with a guy that he's hated for so long. Mm-hmm. I can't think you literally just assassinated his character yeah. right there on the spot. Yeah. And I was so over to me because I was like, what do I care now? Yeah. I don't care about this yeah. guy anymore. Yeah. And then... Yeah, so that certainly was a blunder. 
I love uh, Booker T. Oh, he's I think great. he's great. But it's like him and Mike Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Gingerack, O'Hare. DDP was stalking uh, Kimberly. No. No. Sarah. 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 Kimberly is his wife. Yeah. And it was just, I was like, this is, it was the first time that I really saw them stumble big time and it just sucked. Yeah. And I thought about quitting and I don't know if I actually did, but I mean, God, there's any number of things. When I first saw the Miz, I wanted to drop out. I honestly thought that was, I was like, wait, you're going to pull trash from MTV real world stuff. I don't want to watch this crap. Wow. Um, No, I love the Miz. I think he's great. Yeah, he's great. We met him. He's fantastic. Yeah. Finger poke a doom, man. WCW. Really? Yeah. I thought that was great. Here, get out of here. <laughs> Here's the thing. So this is already... I was watching... It was the days where I would... I would... Uh, get the order right. Because Nitro would air live on the West Coast from 5 to 8. And then Raw would be from 8 to 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked out so I didn't have to choose. I could watch both of them. Yeah. Which was great. Usually I'd, I'd tape one and so I could watch it later or something like that. Wasn't that? Didn't you just go to Jeff's house on Monday nights, right? Not all the Mondays. We go sometimes. A lot of Mondays. Yeah, sometimes we go. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I never had to make that choice between watching WCW or WWF. I watched mm-hmm. it all. Anyways, um, Finger P- P- Poke Doom was like early '99, right? Or '98, '99. It was against Foley winning. Foley won in '99. Yeah, early '99. And yeah. and so WB was WWF was already the more interesting. It was January. January? Yeah, it was already the more interesting product at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the thing, I I, I really liked NWO Wolfpack. I yeah, they were great. Yeah, and like Goldberg was cool and all, but I was a Kevin Nash fan, and so when he beat Goldberg for the belt, part of me was like, oh, that's cool. Weird they ended Goldberg's streak. Uh, weird that Scott Hall got involved. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he and and Nash were at odds at the time. But okay, I like Nash. He seems you know he's. You know, Big Daddy Cool. It's all great. Um, and so the next night or two weeks later on Nitro, whenever it was, when that happened, I'm like, what the hell is this all about? Wolfpack and NWO Hollywood don't get along. Yeah. This is lame. And, and, and you insult the business like that, doing that and taking the fall? Lame. And I remember watching that thinking, what the hell is this shit? You know what's funny? I kind of remember having like a wait and see approach. Because I saw it and I was like, well, this doesn't seem that cool, but I really like all these people and I think it's cool that they're all on the same page, but what are they going to do now? Like, I remember, I do remember thinking like, well, this isn't that cool, but they seem happy <laughs> or something like that. But I then know. there's two, because, you know, you know, like Shivani. It didn't make me want to change the channel though. Oh, it did me. I just, I just knew that WWF was like way cooler. Yeah, and they so were like, way cooler. And when Shivani uh, uh, gave away the end to the Foley match, I'm like, oh shit, that's happening tonight. Man, I can't wait to watch that on Raw. Yeah. And so I got to watch Raw right afterwards. And, and when Foley won the title at night, I was like, hell yeah, this, no, this is television. Oh, I remember that being a real. This is captivating, interesting television. Yeah. And not that I stopped watching WCW at the time, but I was like, there's no doubt in my mind what who, which. Organization is the premier wrestling promotion in the United States, and right now it's firmly WWF. Maybe I was dis- I think I was disappointed by it. I don't know. It's like what, it was it's just so what the hell lame. is this trash? This <laughs> is just trash. I think you know what it was, man. I think it was more like because that's really what W at that point. That's what especially at that point on, WCW just turned into 
what stupid shit are they going to do this week? Mm-hmm. And eventually, that just that 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 ran out. It just yeah. it turned into why am I even watching this anymore? Well, he, it was it was a situation that felt like, uh, and and you hear Kevin Nash talk about it how they wanted to give Goldberg a real like serious adversity to overcome to get mm-hmm. that title back, not just having to defeat Nash, but having to defeat the entirety of, the, of this reconstituted reconstituted NWO. Yeah, and they had that bit where Goldberg punched through the 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 car window and tore up his wrist, and that never happened. Um, but it really felt like from the birth of the NWO for a couple of years thereafter, like it was WCW that, that was coming, that was proactive, mm-hmm. trying new things, uh, kind of pushing the, the, the boundaries of what pro wrestling could be. And it was for the longest time, it was WWF. That was the reactionary company with like yeah. the Nacho Man and Huckster type stuff. Um, and then at a, a certain point, once WWF went all in on the Attitude Era, it kind of flopped, flip-flopped, where WWF became the company that was being very proactive, proactive really pushing the boundaries, really trying new things, um, coming up with interesting storylines. And by that point, it felt like WCW was kind of spinning their wheels. Like, we don't really know this NWO thing. It was super popular for a while. Um, and then it, it's turned into a completely reactionary endeavor for them from that po- moment on. Yeah. I was just looking at some of the pay-per-views around that time, and if I remember, like, still tuning in at that point. Because back then, I mean, look, we were 21, 22. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not really doing anything else. Well, yeah, we were in at that point. We were in uh, L.A., right? Uh, it wasn't. The, it wasn't until yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in L.A. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, back then we literally had we were like doing nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I think we were still watching. Oh yeah, the attendance was like huge. But like Slamboree '99, which was in May, had to- over twenty thousand people in yeah, attendance. Um, Spring Stampede, which was April. Had seventeen thousand. What was the main event of that card? Uh, that was DDP versus Ric Flair, Hollywood Hogan, and Sting in a fatal four. Oh, in a four corners match for the championship. Randy Savage was guest referee. Well, Flair Goldberg had, Flair had the belt by then, huh? Goldberg beat Kevin Nash. Scott Steiner versus Booker T. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly when I. I think I changed the channel in WCW. Closer to like 2000, certainly when, I mean, Jarrett got there in like mid 99, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. June or something like that. I think once he showed up, that was the beginning of the end for me. Yeah. Because also that was when Russo came over. Yeah. And I think I was Oh, yeah, that's when I kind of really phased out WCW. But that, like this, the finger poker doom was really like that that pivot point where I'm like, really, this is how you're going to... WWS doing all this cool stuff over here, and this is how you're going to react to it. This is your counter to that. I remember. Really? I remember thinking Goldberg losing was really lame, just because of how they did it with the mm-hmm. cattle prod. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's so cheesy. That's just yeah. it's just so cheesy." Yeah. Yep. Uh, next, we got a question from Rich. Friendos, Rich here. Mad chat question. Trying to get this into you quick. I lost track of time while doing yard work. Um, is it right for them to repeat promos from one show to the next, like every single week, like Roman Reigns stuff and things like that? And also my main question is when are they going to get over the fact that squash matches are out of date, they really don't serve any more purpose, and they're just boring waste of time? With Braun Strowman, with Lars Sullivan, with many others past, and many others are probably going to do, I just don't see it as a huge benefit. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Uh, no, it's not good to repeat promo, repeat promos. We saw the Miz essentially repeat the same promo between Raw and SmackDown this week, and all I could say was, that's pretty much the same promo. 
Yeah, they kind of ruined virtually the same promo. Wild card rule might have screwed some of SmackDown. They just gonna, are they just going to do this every week and repeat the same stuff? Yeah, it feels like hey, let's do the good stuff we normally do in SmackDown on Raw now, and then just in case there's a few people who normally watch SmackDown who aren't, we'll just kind of repeat the same stuff on SmackDown just to make sure everybody gets to see it. You know, the writing staff is just one giant glob of thirty-seven people. Mm-hmm. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Anyways, I no. love squash matches, Rich. I don't know what you're no, talking about. Oh, yeah, can't baby, can't stand them anymore. You know why I like squash matches? Because it always introduces me to new local competitors, and I love seeing local competitors. That's my favorite thing. If you want me to feel like someone is 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 dominant, booked like a monster, uh, uh, I'm gonna kind of contradict myself. For the longest time, I said Oscar's first match match against Emma should not have been as competitive as it was and I stick by that you can have a competitor dominate a match without having to be a two minute squash match um, I feel like if, if you really want to show off the full breadth of somebody's talents you can't really do that in a squash match when they get five moves off a finisher and the match is over um, uh, especially nowadays because if you tell if you put a, if you put Braun Strowman in the ring against James Ellsworth well, yeah, I know it ain't gonna be competitive. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can say there's 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 a certain amount of of charm in seeing these local competitors that you never would have seen before, and I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, I like how Two Hundred Five Live does it. Well, they'll have uh, especially like I think they had a, a Steve Perino's kid. Yeah, but like the Bollywood Boys this oh, last yeah. week had a tag match. Yeah, and they had the upper hand the vast more the majority of the match, but it wasn't a squash match. Yeah, it was a match where there's a little bit of give and take. Singh brothers were never the, the outcome of the match was never in doubt. Mm-hmm. However, the, the the team of local enhancement talent got an opportunity to show off a little bit of what they could do. Um, I vastly prefer matches where we get to see a larger breadth of what these competitors can do. And if you're going to impress me, impress me with your actual talents, not just some kayfabe thing where you go in there and destroy a person in three moves. Mm-hmm. You know, show me what you can do in the ring. Yeah, not just all right, uh, punch, kick, finisher, done. Yeah. Seen that so many times. I want something different. Yeah. Give me a real match. Kind of tired of squash matches. All right. Fair enough. Uh, next up, Zenith64 has a question. This, I like this question. Yeah, it's a good question. Salutation, friendos. Um, I'm parked. Uh, I just got the notification. So sorry for uh, doing this in my car. But uh, real quick, match chat question of the week. Uh, if you could interview um, a superstar that can. In kayfabe and out of kayfabe, if you can do the same interview in kayfabe and out of it, uh, which superstar would it be and why? Thanks. Thank you, Zenith64. Thank, thank you, Zenith. Uh, I'm going to go with Alistair Black. Mm, you think he'd answer his uh, the, the interview questions out of character the same he would in character? No, because if you look at him in character now, he talks, I'm not going to say elliptically, but uh, he does have a very poetic way of talking. You could say elliptically. Stephen... When you look in my eyes and see my soul and dilating through my pupils. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I just asked you what kind of, what do you want in your burger? Now, if it's Alistair out of character. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if it's Alistair out of character, it's, hey, what games do you have on PS4? Mm -hmm. Let's engage in them. (laughs) Engage in them. 
Really? Okay. I think no. He's, he seems super good. Like he's a gamer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's you know he's he's got a he's quick witted. Mm-hmm. You know he's married to uh, Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. So there's probably some like seeing her out of character. Yes. With the Rich Hamilton thing. Yes. Uh, was hilarious to see them to see it's Greg Hamilton. Greg Hamilton. Who's Rich Hamilton? Uh, I'm making up people. I'm gonna look this up now. Well, Richard Hamilton would be a basketball player. Rip Hamilton. Right. Uh, let's see here. Rich Hamilton. The only Richard Hamilton there yeah. is. Basketball yeah. player. Yeah, rip. Greg Hamilton, even. Greg Hamilton. Where she's giving him shit for saying, <laughs> saying do I bill you for Mexico because there's Andrade? And she's like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, the conversation out of kayfabe between her and her husband is probably hilarious because yeah. he seems like just mellow gamer metal guy. Yeah, he seems like a pretty mellow dude. Yeah, yeah and she does not. So I, I that dynamic's probably great, and the, but in character, it's like you know super intense, yeah, super weird and intense. Uh, give me Bray Wyatt. Okay, that's good. Uh, every, every indication we we've heard is that he's a, a extremely creative, intense that, dude. That latest stuff that came out about him about the rebrand stuff, boy, I'd love to talk to that yeah. guy. I always one of my favorite things to hear about and to talk to other creative individuals about creative individuals about is their creative process. Yeah, right. Process fascinates me to no end. And just hearing his process, um, how he's developed this new iteration of Bray Wyatt would be fascinating, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But then also asking those same questions to Bray Wyatt in character, um, both in terms of Firefly Funhouse f- uh, host and uh, uh, Clown uh, Circus ringleader. Yeah. That would all be interesting. There's yeah. three different interviews that could be had there. Yeah, we wowie. Yeah. You'd say that for all of them, though. Yeah. You'd say, so, Bray, uh, what was the genesis of this new iteration of your character? Yeah, we wowie. Yeah. Man, now he's walking too. Now huh? he's just Christopher walking. Well, I can't do Leo. Where's Leo Rush? I don't know. Has man. anybody seen little Leo Rush lately? Mm-mm. Where'd he go? Oh no, home. Yowie Wowie. I think he went home. Yowie Wowie, he went home. Anyway. Pretty sure he just went home. I love this question here from Chris Rappersod. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Steven Larson. So, my question is who is the hottest and worst couple in wrestling? I'm going to go with Gargano and. Candace as the best and the great couple. I think the worst would be Alberto Dario and Paige, in my opinion, because I don't like Alberto Dario. You guys choose who you think is the best or the worst couple in wrestling. Thank you, Christopher. Thank All you, right. Christopher. I, I cannot compete with this answer. You have it completely correct. Oh, I do? Yes, you do. Uh, it's Killer Cross and Scarlett Bardot. Holy moly. If there's any couple that... Oh man, they probably look amazing. <laughs> Holy crap! So much charisma between the two of them, and oh boy, so hot. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man. Mm-hmm. Just let a hey, impact. Let him out. Yeah. Let him. Let free killer cross. Yes. Let him do what he wants to do. Exactly. But absolutely hot, hot couple. Yes. I couldn't. I couldn't do that good. So I'm going to say Andrade That's and a Charlotte. Great answer too, though. Hot couple. They no look Seth like Seth and Becky. No, they're kind of nerdy. They're kind of nerdy. Seth is a you can Seth is a nerd. They're a cute couple. They're a, exactly. They're an adorable couple. Yes. Andrade and Charlotte. There's hot fire passion there. She wears Lij merch. There was that weird one. There was that one weird picture of Andrade with Charlotte's hair kind of in the frame at the lower end of it. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. I kind of think that maybe we saw Andrade's face. <laughs> mm. mm. So so, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, hot, very hot couples all around. I, who's the worst couple? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, okay. How about this? Instead of the worst, because I think another highly adorable couple, but maybe one that I wouldn't necessarily want to be in their position professionally right now as a couple would be Nikki Cross and Killian Dane. Mm. He's not on TV. He might be going back to NXT. She is maybe a normal person on camera now. But in ring, still kind of crazy. I don't really know. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. I was, I mean, going along that same line, um, as far as a lot of uncertainty, Peyton Royce and Ty Dillinger. Oh, yeah. He's out of WWE now. He's doing the independent thing. She's a tag champion. She does. How often be, do they really see each other? Yeah, she does you know? seem to be really into him, though. Yes, like, but yes, maybe yes. sometimes on like Facebook, for example, the couples who are most effusive about each other, maybe the ones that it's not going great. I don't know. You know, I've seen know. a couple divorces go down on Facebook, and right before them, it's like, oh, I can't believe this person's in my life. They're so amazing. You know, that's why when me and Lacey are on Twitter, I'm just like, hey, you suck. She's like, no, you're crap. That's why I don't really interact with my wife on exactly. social media. So everything's, everything's fine. If I have something to say to her, I'll go to her and say, hey. <laughs> I'll go in the next room. You're great. You know, but if like there's a, a video on the dodo of like rescue dogs, mm-hmm. I'll hit up my wife and say, hey, look at this because it's yeah, on the yeah, platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Um, or maybe the worst couple in wrestling is Linda and Vince McMahon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't know if I can argue with that. That's probably the worst one. Mm-hmm. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, next, got a question from Willism. Hey, Steven Larson, it's Willism coming back at you with another Matt Chat question. So this week, my question for you guys is, um, let's say John Moxley and Joey Ryan are both going to AEW. How would you book that as a marquee rivalry? And I only see it as because, you know, you have John Moxley or Dean Ambrose kind of being like, I'm done with this hokey shit. And you got Joey Ryan, who is the king of hokey shit. And he actually has some sweet merch that has that. Anyway, how would you book that? Steve, I want you to take... Let's say you take Joey Ryan and Larson, you take John Moxley. How do you have those two contrasts? Because I think that there's such polar opposites that they could actually make it work. You can have, you know, Joey Ryan coming in there with his hokey shit, which is hilarious and awesome and a good time. But then you can have John Moxley coming with this sort of semi-serious, semi-bitter uh, personality that is maybe mad that he has to be paired up and you know has this rivalry with Joey Ryan. Anyway, you guys. I'd like to see how you book that rivalry. Thanks. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Take care, fellas. Thank you, Willism. Well, I feel like Mox, John Moxley, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. he's back out on the independent scene. Well, not lots. Yet. He's got a movie to make first. Lots to prove, let's say, in, in this world here. All right. Lots to prove. Uh, Joey Ryan, you know, says, hey, man. 
I'm the gatekeeper around here if he goes to All Elite Wrestling. Uh-huh. So you got to go through me. And Mox is like, well, I'm, I'm a deathmatch guy, you know, but I know you got the dong thing. So, you know, let's have at it. Well, anything any anything anybody does, Mox thinks he could do better. All right. That's his thing. Gotcha. And so Joey Ryan, of course, known as the master of the front area, uh-huh. Mox thinks he has a better front area. So he start, starts trying to do the, the penis plex, you're saying? Yeah. And then, well, then he just tries to start, like, banging people better than Joey Ryan maybe bangs people Instead of putting the, the the lollipop in his taint area, which is where I think it goes, maybe he sticks it right, right in his bum yeah, and then takes it out and tries to put the duty lollipop in people's mouths and, come on, don't, you know, don't be a little bitch, just put it in your mouth. They're like, wow. no, that's got your duty in it. Wow. I don't want that. I'd rather have a taint lollipop with potentially yeah. some yeah. cubes on it. Yeah. I don't know. Where, where do you go with that storyline? Um, I do the inverse. We've seen Joey Ryan being some sort of a comedic, Deathmatch situation. I saw something on Twitter where he, he took a barbed wire bat or piece of wood to the front area and oh, deflected off. Oh, nice. Because his front area is that strong. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's got to be. You have uh, uh, Dean, sorry, Mox, uh, trying to use his strength against Joey's strength to see who's got the stronger strength. More strength, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. That's good. Uh, next up, Emilio uh, has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson. So with the whole wild card thing going on and the SmackDown tag team division going weird, going bad right now, but the champs, you know, I like the team. They're growing in Daniel Bryan. They're good. But So keep them. I'm saying you should take away the Raw tag team championships and replace them with six-man tag team championships. What do you guys think about it? I think it would be a good idea because it's something new. It gets it resets that whole division of Raw, and since the wild card thing is going on, and like, um, you could you know you could like defend on both brands, might as well. So, what do you guys think about it? Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you, Emilio. Uh, sure, why not? Get rid of him. Do a trios title, something different. Um, and if you want to, you can you. Actually, what they should probably do is do the opposite, is ha- keep the Raw tag titles because the tag division on Raw is stronger, and then on SmackDown, do trios titles. Yeah. Because I, the Raw tag division is pretty good. You don't want to mess with that dynamic. It's solid. So do this. Do do just get rid of the SmackDown tag titles. Have Just have WB tag team titles. If you want to, you can do cross-brand because it seems like we're heading in that direction anyways is wild card stuff. Ooh. Um, and do trios titles, something different. I mean, I just think you should throw one of those tag titles in the trash. I don't care which one. Just have one WWE tag title. Here's the problem with trios, man, is that, I mean, look at, for example, ring it. Like, when, who cares? That's the, that's, that's the thing. Look at the precedent. Who cares about any of those trio titles out there, trios titles out there? Ring of Honor has the six-man titles. Those are ugly, and nobody cares about them. Go over to New Japan. Who even is the trios titles over, holders over there? Maybe Bullet Club. I don't know. Yeah, I think Bullet Club still has them. Who knows? And nobody cares about them because there's like three sets of tag titles, Junior, Heavy, and Trios. It's just way too many. Nobody's going to care about them. Nobody cares. So just get, just throw, literally throw the, the SmackDown ones in the trash and then have the Raw tag team titles, who isn't it Hawkins and what's-his-face? Ryder, yeah. Have them fight uh, Rowan and, Rowan and, oh, and, and Brian. Bryan. And see who's going to be real oh, tag imagine champions. Imagine the matches between Rowan and Daniel Bryan and War Machine. I know. Man. That's what I'm talking about. Just yeah. make that wild card. Man, wild card great. the tag titles. There you go. Uh, next. 
A.O. Worm. Take it mm -hmm. away, A.O. Worm. What's going on, Matt Chat? It's your boy, A.O. Worm. Here with another question. I know it's been a while, but I'm back, so let's get it. All right, Steve Larson. So, which pay-per-view would you have rather watched slash see in person? Lockdown 2009 or Hell in a Cell 2009? With this video, I sent you guys the match cards and the link for the TNA Lockdown 2009 pay-per-view. So, which ones would you guys have rather seen in person or seen when it first came out all right guys take it easy too sweet hearty handshake i'm out thank you ao worm thank you ao worm all right and we'll go match by match and see which one has the advantage here okay so uh hell in the cell 2009 we won't include the dark match because i don't think it actually broadcast uh hell in the cell 2009 kicked off with a world heavyweight title hell in the cell match between best in the world cm punk and Dead Man Undertaker. I put you down. Whereas uh, Lockdown 2009 kicked off with oh, a... 2009 or 2010? Nine. Nine. Kicked off with a X Division title elimination escape Hold match. Hold on, stop. You're going too fast. Oh, I have it all right here. Suicide. I don't want to look at your freaking thing, man. We just listen. Suicide versus Abdul Bashir versus uh, uh, Consequences Creed versus Jay Lethal versus uh, Kyoshi. Why does my... Oh, okay. You're going to give the edge to... CM Punk and Undertaker, right? In a Hell in a Cell match? Right? No, you know why? Hmm. Because that's the match that CM Punk got punished for. How long was that match? I don't know. Hell in a Cell 2009, is it? Yeah. He got punished. What did he do wrong? It oh, was, was that when he wasn't dressing like a champion backstage? 10 minutes, 24 seconds. Undertaker beat him. And after that, like two months after that, CM Punk was uh, working dark matches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess the X Division match wins. Uh, Are you kidding me? An escape match? That's probably pretty exciting. I don't even know what that is, but it's it sounds cool. Crazy. Uh, next, John Morrison versus Dolph Ziggler for an intercontinental title match. I can't think of two people I care less about. Meanwhile, over here in Queen TNA, of the Cage, Daphne versus Madison Rain versus ODB versus Sojourner Bolt. Who is Sojourner? I don't know. Oh, that is. Um, I'm a big fan of ODB, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like Daphne. Yeah, Daphne was pretty good. And I like uh, Madison Rain. All right, Edge goes Queen of the Cage match. So far, 2 nothing TNA. 2-0. Uh, next, Divas title match, Mickey James versus Alicia Fox. Over on TNA, we have uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title oh, steel pff, cage. Doesn't matter. Match. That wins. Motor City Machine Guns versus No Limit. Wow. Versus LAX. Yeah, that one gets the upper hand. Man. 3 wow. nothing. Lockdown. Yeah, Naito in this pay per view. Hell Get yeah, out of here. Next, unified WWE tag team title match. Uh, Jericho taking on Batista and Rey Mysterio. Okay, so that's a quality lineup. Meanwhile, over here we have Matt Morgan versus Abyss. I in a Chamber of Blood match. I mean, that sounds cooler than it probably is. Yeah. Unless maybe it's awesome. I don't know. I'll give the edge to the WB. Yeah, I'll go ahead. There's a lot three of star one, power. Three one WWE. Next, uh, WWE heavyweight title match, Hell in a Cell match. Cena versus Randall Orton for probably the, only the 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 twelfth time at that point. That I think instantly loses. However, over here we have a six sides of steel cage match for the TNA Women's Knockout Championship. Angelina Love, Awesome Kong, Taylor Wilde. I like Awesome Kong. Yeah, awesome Kong's great. I think she's she's booked stronger than Cena and Orton. So I give it to Awesome All Kong. right, 4-1 TNA so far. Yeah. Next, singles match, Drew McIntyre versus R-Truth. <laughs> They're going against a, a TNA World Tag Team title match, 
and an IWGP tag team title street fight. You have the TNA champs, I believe, Beer Money, taking on, I guess, the IWGP tag champs, Team 3D. There's a lot of titles. There's a lot of star power. You got to give the edge to TNA here. Did you know that Team 3D were New Japan champions? Uh, I guess not. I had never known that before. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Although I kind of vaguely remember them like, scanning through some old uh, New Japan cards and seeing that they were on you the know, card at least. You know how they do that awesome thing before heavyweight title matches in New Japan where they show all the IWGP? Yeah, I know. I wish they would do that before every title match. I, I want to see all the freaking champions. Agreed. Uh, next, U.S. title yeah, match. Yeah, so we, we agree. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. TNA. Yeah, it's 5-1 yeah. TNA. Uh, U.S. title match. You got Kofi taking on Jack Swagger and <laughs> The Miz. <laughs> that immediately. And against a lethal lockdown match with sees Team Angle, which is Booker T, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, and Scott Steiner. Nash. Taking on Team Jarrett, which is AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Jeff Jarrett, Samoa Joe. TNA gets the advantage. That's 6-1 TNA. I mean, here can I just say this really quick? This is a 23-minute match with just loaded with talent, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's Perk Angle right there. So, Did you I say Perk Angle? <laughs> you mean Pete Kurt? <laughs> Perk Angle. All right. Uh, what do they call him? No, when he does crazy shit on Twitter, they call oh, him Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we talk about that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think this match alone defeats gives TNA the edge. Yeah. Uh, main event. Hell in a Cell tag team match. You got DX against Legacy. And then you get the TNA World Heavyweight title match, Sting versus Mick Foley. That's, I wonder if that match was any good. This I is 2009. Know. Yeah. So that match probably wasn't that great, but I'd still TNA the, wins. Nah, I'd give the edge to WB in that match. But yeah, that TNA, match, yeah. TNA wins the card, yeah. Um, for sure. And here's the thing. I will almost guarantee. So it was only 4,500 people in attendance. I will almost guarantee that crowd was hot. Yeah, maybe. That crowd was probably crazy hot. Maybe. And they squandered all that goodwill. And now Killer Cross wants out of his contract. Yep. Uh, I got a couple text questions here from Luis Ariza. If WWE started faction warfare, who would you put in a faction, Steve? You got to do a a raw faction. Easy. And I got to do a SmackDown one. Good. Go ahead. And then, hold on, he also says, come on, you Spurs. That's what oh, us, is he a hot Spurs fan? That's what us hot Spurs fans say. By the way, June 1st, I think it is, at noon, I'm going to do a live stream reaction of that soccer match. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to actually show the match too. Um so here we go. Raw Paul Heyman. Now that Brock Lesnar's retired, Paul Heyman comes back and he says, "I still want another challenge. I want to dominate this show." The fans say it's crap. I'm going to form a new Danger Raw alliance. Get it? Danger Raw. Because it's raw. And it's going to feature AJ AJ Bullet Club plus Gallows and Carl Anderson. Right? So it's got AJ in the club. Rob Rude, because he's like Rick Rude now. Lacey Evans. And that's it. That's what I got. That's all you got. You got a main eventer, a tag team, a mid-carter, and a woman. It's good. Not really. Anyways, mine is the green. No deal. (laughs) So you start with the foundation. You got Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Can you please give credit where credit is due? Yeah, you dubbed that. That was a good name. Okay. You got Daniel Bryan and Rowan. They're the foundation. Good. Daniel Bryan, the leader. Uh, You got Luke Harper. Mm -hmm. So Rowan and he could reform the Bludgeon Brothers, but they're not Bludgeon Brothers anymore. They're the True Buds. (laughs) Oh, nice. True buds. Nice. 
Uh, you got the troubadour mm-hmm. who will who will sing literally the praises of environmentalism okay. and green living. Yeah, Elias. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not doing anything with Killian Dane. Make him a naturalist, a nudist. There you go, Killian Dane, nudist. Yeah. And why not bring his bride in as well, Nikki Cross? Young love. Young love. Yeah. That's the faction right there in SmackDown. Green, no deal. The green, no deal. That's good. Another ch- uh, question here. This one you win also uh, from the Diddly Doodler. If Adam Cole... Oh, he says this question comes from Alex Foster. Sometimes Matt chatters. Uh, we'll go to the friend of verse to solicit questions. They yes. will. I, I, what do they say in like Congress or hearings? I blank my time to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forget yeah. what they say. There's a term for it. Yeah, yeah. If Adam Cole, baby, oh, this, is, this is Alex Foster. If Adam Cole is the son of Michael Cole, what other parent child relationship should there be to compete with them? Uh, I ahead, put. Go ahead. Mickey James and Alan Jones, although I thought for a second his name was Alan James. No, it's Alan Jones. That would have worked a lot better here, but I'm going to go ahead and say Mickey James and AJ Styles team up as a couple and with their son, Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson's like three years younger than AJ. Yeah, but he looks a lot younger. He looks like he could be 12. <laughs> That's what I got. If Johnny Saint <laughs> yeah. finds out that he has a son that he lost touch with mm-hmm. and through a, a, a serious investigation on his part, which makes for some riveting television. 20 years right. ago, he had a kid and he was only like 60 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and he finds out that his son is no other than his assistant, Sid Scala. Oh, Sid Saint. So now it's Johnny and Sid Saint who are running NXT UK. I like it. That's the answer. That's why they're so simpatico. Exactly. That's why they have that true father-son chemistry. You got that right. We've all because they are father and son. That's so stupid, but it's amazing. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. Remember, at the $20 Patreon mark, if you want to have your question featured right here on Matt Chat, you can do that. It's at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. It's a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.